Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. (laughs) And I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on the world of social media and more. On today's show, we have the brilliant Colin Gray joining us again. Last time was at Podcast Movement. And this time we're all in our various home studios, home offices. Last time we spoke, we covered his thoughts on, very briefly covered his thoughts on podcasting networks, live video podcasts, and community. And this is all fresh from the conference floor, fresh from the sessions. So we've invited him back today to discuss actionable strategies on how to start, rock, and keep growing your own successful podcast. We're going to talk about staying consistent and staying compelling, monetization, and SEO. So if you guys don't know Colin, let me give you another introduction. I Grace kind of talked to him a little bit, but he is a podcaster. He's an international speaker. He's a PhD and the CEO and the founder of the podcast host. A huge uh, audio, video, and written resource on how to create a successful show and all to a podcast maker tool designed to help you create your podcast in the easiest way possible. Colin started in astrophysics before realizing how much math you had to do. Uh, It turns out podcasting requires less math and more interesting puzzles. So he's been podcasting since uh, 2007. He's one of the old school podcasters, and he aims to help everyone to get their voice heard, too. Uh, And one of his many shows is the PodCraft Podcast, which teaches the uh, entire art of podcasting from launching your own show and creating a legions of fans. And he's also uh, on YouTube at the podcast podcast hosts and so you know all the good tutorials over there uh, it's really amazing and so you want to check him out everywhere on all the socials because um, he is a deep dive into podcasting if you're ever struggling with that or want to learn more uh, he's your man Thank absolutely you. <laughs> so Colin tell us about Alatu and I'm uh, forgive me if I'm saying it incorrectly but first I want to know where the name comes from but then also yeah. what does it do how do we find it? Give us the whole, give us the whole elevator pitch on on this service because I yeah. found your demo. It was really cool, but I want you I want oh, cool. you to explain it to our audience. Yeah, it, it was designed as the tool to just make podcasting as easy as possible. It was, you know, it, the problem we always got, the question we always got from our readers on our site years back was always, how do I make editing easier? People hate editing. <laughs> well, there there are a few small number of masochists that quite like editing, but most people don't like it. Um, so we built a tool that could do uh, a lot of the automation there. It did a lot of all the audio cleanup, uh, adds in your music and your fades. It pieces all the parts together. It has a podcast specific audio editing tool so it doesn't have all the audio engineering stuff that you don't need that 
pops up in Audacity and Audition and stuff like that. So that was the idea initially. And then now we've added in call recording, solo recording and hosting as well, actually. So the idea is that it's just one place to go to make your podcast in the easiest way. Very, very cool. Yeah. So if you haven't checked that out, you need to do that because that is a... That's a lot of hang up, I think, for a lot of people is like yeah. just getting started. The tech can seem overwhelming at first. And I've listened to a lot of Colin's uh, tutorials and he really does break it down, uh, make it easy for you to understand. Because if you're like me, you need that because you're can give me a little simple. So uh, it's really, really great. Um, that's the only reason I did it. I need it too. <laughs> that's right. So something else that is very easy to use is our sponsor of the show, which is our friends over at Ecamm. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecam uh, they are actually going to be doing something very very cool it is called um leap into uh, podcasting and they they they're changing it over from leap into live to this leap into podcasting this year and it's a two-day interactive virtual summit completely focused on helping you take the leap into video podcasting it's got an amazing lineup of expert speakers uh grace is going to be there i'm going to be there i think Colin, are you speaking there too Colin? are you doing a session I am indeed. Yes. 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 That's what yep. I thought. Yeah. So Colin, um, what's your session going to be on? Yeah. I'm all about uh, nine ways to cut the time it takes to ship your show. So just how to podcast quicker. I'm going to have to listen to that one because I'm all about getting it quicker. So <laughs> uh, it's going to be talking about software and you know hardware workflows, like Colin was saying, advertising, best practices, all this stuff. Make sure you guys go to leapintopodcasting.com. It's free. You just need to sign up to it. Uh, just go there to Leap Into Podcasting and register there. Thank you for our friends over at Ecamm. So, um, yeah, let's see here. Um, Let's see here. David says that would be a great help as well. Yeah. So you need to go to Leap Into Podcasting because uh, it's going to be an amazing, amazing thing. So let's go ahead and talk, talk about, you know, podcasting. That's what you guys are here for. I want to know in the comments, let us know in the comments down below, wherever you're watching from, what makes you hit subscribe on a podcast? What is it about a podcast that wants, that makes you hit? Is it the, is it the artwork? You're like, oh, I'm going to watch the show forever. And you click on that. What is it that makes you hit? to click to subscribe do you have to listen to 10 shows before you hit subscribe or do you listen to one and then subscribe i'd love to know what makes you hit subscribe on the on a podcast i'm sure colin would too because that's kind of his yeah. business um but yeah so that's what we're going to be talking about this first section so go ahead grace and take us away Absolutely. So we're going to just dive right in here and talk about building a better podcast. So we focused a lot the last couple of weeks, as Jeff mentioned, on podcasting. And we've talked a lot about the why, like why would you use this for driving leads and business, which we'll talk a little bit about more about later, uh, expand, using it to expand your brand. But we are brought Colin here to talk about the how. How do you launch a stellar podcast that keeps people coming back and keeps you you know, something that you can stick with. We're also going to talk about how you can consistently provide value with each episode. And then we're also going to talk about how to make each episode compelling. So in a interview that you did earlier this year, Colin, you talked about this, your secret sauce, the number one ingredient required for podcasting success, and that is structure. And I'd love for you to give us an introduction into what the structure is, I believe. Uh, and the show that I was listening to, you you introduced it as a four-part structure, but, you know, to, like, I'll let you take yeah. it away. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, it's... <laughs> I th structure is always a secret weapon, I think, for a bunch of different reasons. It, it helps with planning. It helps with your kind of mental stress in creating a podcast in the first place. Because, you know, there's nothing worse than starting with a blank page. 
Everyone knows that. Like you, you try and sit down and start writing a script or a plan or anything. And if it's a blank page, it's just so difficult to get started. Um, and you can do it, no doubt, because you've done it many times before, but it makes it so much easier if you have a structure to work within. But then equally, I think it makes for much better content for listeners as well. It makes for more compelling content, more engaging content, often more focused content. Like one of the biggest killers of podcasts or biggest killers of subscriptions, one of the biggest reasons people unsubscribe from your show is if it's just too full of waffle. There's just too many divergences and too many um, going off on tangents. And, mm. you know, that can be good sometimes, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not good in many ways. Like if you can keep it on focus, you're doing much better. So here, I want to lose me. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm going to follow up with that question a little bit, but I wanted to bring up uh, when we talked about what makes people subscribe, because I think this kind of leads into what you yeah. were exactly talking about. Um, sure. David says he, what makes him subscribe is quality content and engagement. Um, and then Gary says uh, he's a lifelong learner. If I feel I am learning something, I hit subscribe. So, um, one of the things, you know, you talked about your formula and your structure and, and making sure that you don't waffle. And I thought you meant waffles yep. with like maple syrup. But then I realized oh. what you're talking about. Um, another food reference. What <laughs> what um, does it, does this formula that you're talking about, does it work for all types of podcasts like storytelling versus business or interviews? Like, does it work for all those? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's always the biggest question. It's around... You know, I, I often cut it into four parts. I've got the introduction, you've got the theory where you actually teach the thing you're talking about. Then you've got the case study. It's tell a story about that theory, like mm -hmm. give some examples about how it works. And then the final one is the tasks and the takeaways. So actually give people to, something to do with that information. I think that's one of the parts that so many people miss. And that works excellent for teaching shows. But like you say, what about if you're entertainment? What about if you're news? I think it still works really well because I think it, it gives you something. Again, it gives you something to plan within. So if you're designing a 30-minute, 60-minute comedy show, maybe you want to have something like, you know, a audience joke of the week where you read mm -hmm. someone that's been read, uh, sent in and then maybe a quickfire quiz after that. Um, and then you can fill in those gaps uh, and they give some, the, the audience you know, something to expect, something to look forward to. You always find people with their favorite segments. You know, they're, I'm looking forward to the audience joke of the week because it's the funniest part or something. <laughs> right. Um, and it's like, or a news show, like even if you cut a news show down into, you know, you pick one story to go deep on and then you do five minutes of quickfire headlines and then you have an audience takeaway take of the week. Like here's one news story you can do something with afterwards. Having a structure like that, it, again, it gives the audience some familiarity. They get to know it, they get used to it, they build a habit around it and it gives you a structure within which to build. Um, and the cool thing, like one thing I love about it is the repurposability of it all as well. Like, do you want to jump into that just now as well? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. That'd be yeah, great. Of course. Yeah. The, it's the fact that you can then take it. So with my four part structure with the teaching, for example, I often cut that up. And I'll mm. publish the introduction on its own. And then I'll publish the theory part on its own. And I'll publish the story on its own. And then I'll publish the takeaways on its own. And if you talk it the right way, you speak it the right way, I should say, um, and you can do that, you can build a habit around that really easily. Those four things can stand alone quite easily. And they then become my video materials. So I put the whole thing out as a podcast, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever it is. But then you can have a five or a 10 minute, you know, introduction to a topic uh, on video and then a 20 minute theory part on video that goes in deep. 
And then you've got a separate video, which is the story and examples about how this thing works. And that works really nicely on YouTube or on social as an Instagram reel or something like that as a way to repurpose that podcast in a way that's not just copy and paste from the podcast, but it's kind of smartly repurposing it so that it more suits that video or social medium. So I love how you can do that. And you can do that with any of those formats, like that that news breakup, like the going deep on the top story, you could publish that on its own on Instagram Reels and then take the quick fire headlines and put that on YouTube. And, you know, so you can take that podcast, break it up, and it's all becomes your web of content that, you know, captures people in and, and brings them into your world. So I'm gonna, that brought a question that I wanted to bring up when you were talking about the repurposing and doing this new stories and stuff. And, and Grace and I had some experience back with uh, another client that we were working with um, at, a t- at the time where we would do Alexa briefs. Is that something that you've experimented with at all? Because that to me would seem like a great place to repurpose content for a podcaster. A great question. And it's not something I've played with, but it's something I keep thinking about, actually. Mm-hmm. Um I have you tried it at all? Like it's not something I've played with, but I think it would work yes, really well. It was something that I built at our at the last company we worked at together. I built it, and I'll just say that if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> it is the the hardest part was for me was learning how to edit the audio, which I learned how to do mm-hmm, fairly yeah. quickly. But of course, you are a pro at. But then getting it loaded and getting it. Ske- I, I think I used Libsyn. That was a product we were using at the time to schedule it. So you, I would just schedule it out with the rest of like the same way you would a podcast. So yeah, Excellent. I could do it yeah. with Alex as yeah. well. So um, really quickly, I want to bring up some, uh, we have another OG podcaster in, in the uh, room and his, his avatar doesn't come through. I don't know if I blocked him or what, but it's Lou Mongelison. Good morning, Grace and Jeff <laughs> from Lou. Um, he is hey, uh, a, one of the uh, OG podcasters. He probably started, right around the same time as Colin. I mean, you guys have been doing it forever. Oh yeah. I've seen Lou around yeah. for a long time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then Chris Stone says, amazing advice, huge fan of the podcast. So it's valuable content uh, on all fronts. So Thanks, Chris. watching over on LinkedIn. So one of the things that you know, Lou is a great example of, and you as well is, um, you know, consistency and it's, consistency is hard. Like if you've done this for a while, you, it's easy to get out, out of being consistent. Like you know, one podcast mm-hmm. and you're like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't need to do another one, you know? And, and it kind of like starts snowballs. And we saw a boom in 2020 and 220 and 2021. And, you know, mm-hmm. podcast audiences diversified, you know, then pe- people can went back to work and life. And a lot of these podcasters who started during the pandemic kind of lost enthusiasm and they, now the, they're kind of been abandoned and now are inactive. Mm-hmm. So, how do we stay motivated, Colin, and consistent with our podcasting? Yeah, yeah. I think there's two two kind of key parts to this. And I think one of them, we can talk about both, but one of them, the first one, I think you guys are doing really well. We talked about this very briefly before we came on, but it's the people that I see doing podcasting most effectively for the longest are ones that have built an absolute rock solid habit out of when and where they record every single week. Whether it's, you know, I record at 10 a.m. on Monday mornings every single week in this one place and my gear is always set up. Or whether it is like I do a batch recording of four episodes um, every first Monday of the month and I spend the whole day doing it and that just goes out like clockwork. I think that is almost the best way to do it. And I think a lot of people like you guys have got a live broadcast. That's a great way to do it as well. Commit to doing it live. Like, do you, I I presume that you find that makes you stick to it. Right. It does. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. She'll yell, at, she'll yell at me if I don't. It's like, Jeff, we got to get a host. Come on. Come on. We got to get a guest. Come on. And so I don't yeah. want to disappoint Grace. So that's exactly. Yeah. 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 So I think, I think that's a big part of it. It's that habit. And people fight against it because they say, well, I can't find a time that's, that suits me every single week. I, you know, I, my weeks change. It's inconsistent. But I think, and honestly, I think that's an excuse. I think if it's important to you, you need to find that time. You need to. You can always find the time to do something that's important to you if you put a priority on it. So I think that's the big one for sure. The other side's audience though, I think. Mm. Yeah, go ahead. You were going to jump in, Jeff. No, go yeah, ahead. Go uh, no, you go about your audience. Cool. The, because that's the thing that keeps me motivated. Like even if I've got my routine, I'm recording at you know, 10 a.m. on a Monday every single week you still can feel that you get to that 10 a.m. and you're like, oh, maybe I should do something else. But then what keeps me going often is making sure that on a regular basis, I'm reaching out to the people that listen. Even if there's only a few people interacting, it's those audience members that keep me going. Um, and you can be really constructive about it as well. Like, for example, I think a lot of people ask for feedback from their audience, but they're very general about it. They're like, oh, so at the end of every episode, they're like, get in touch, send me a tweet on Twitter, send me a, an email to say what you want to hear next. Um, and they leave it at that and they get nothing back. And they're like, oh, nobody's listening. But as soon as they say, instead of just give me some feedback on Twitter, instead they say, let's say it's a car show. They say, right, what uh, 90s car would you love to have in your garage right now or um you know what's the mm. mo what's the new car that you're most excited about right now something really specific as soon as they do that even if you've only got 50 listeners like half of them will get in touch because you've spurred ideas in their head something very specific and give them a very specific place to put it as well whether it's a, a tweet or whether it's an email or whether it's a, a voicemail that specificity is so important i think to getting that feedback and to me that is one of the biggest drivers of motivation and consistency too well, that's great advice that is really great advice uh speaking of you know asking your audience we have some great questions from our audience and this is mm. uh, from calming the chaos which is a great name i think that we all need <laughs> sometimes um but what about my 10 to 5 job so like you know how do you you know be consistent if you've got this job and you've got a family and your kids i yeah. mean we have yeah. the luxury that this is kind of our job and that we've done this for such a long time we've got systems in place but like if you're getting started and you want to do this what do you tell those people yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it, it's tough. I won't lie. It's not tough. I won't say it's not tough, but I think it's still about that routine. It's still about Tuesday evening when you get home, you have your dinner, you know that you're always going to cook dinner with the family. You're going to, um, you know, get the kids sat down with some books and then you're going to uh, start recording at 7.30 on that Tuesday evening. I think it's still possible. Um, to set a routine around it that way. And sometimes you'll get derailed. Don't like beat yourself up about that. But still, if you have that average time that you try to sit down and record every single week, I think that's still a big help. Mm, that's great advice. And I think it's different for us because we're live. So we have this set live time, but we met a lot of podcasters and you know many podcasters that batch content. So there's one guy, mm. what is his show? beyond the rut where he mm. does he was telling me he's local to me and he was telling me that he does like eight episodes in one sunday because he's and he just backs him up and it's very difficult it's very hard but that's what he does because he has he has a nine to five and a family so yeah there's a yeah. lot of ways i, I want to answer this question really quickly before we we move on to, to grace i know you had a question about podcast movement sure. but uh calming the chaos says thank you i'm a licensed mental health counselor whenever i do a live stream very people show a uh, few people show up um 
that is not uncommon and we have been there everybody has started with one uh subscriber and so i would just continue to be consistent um a couple of things that i we've done before in the past when i first started i would have plants i would like in magic you know you have plants in the audience i would have people uh, oh, sit in like actual plants. not plants like, like not like trees. ferns like, talk to a fern no no not a fern um we, i would actually have people in the audience that i would i would bring in like i'd say grace come to my show on friday and, and can you ask this question and so i would have people come in and do that not not ferns uh, grace but uh, i'm sorry i'm just picturing you talking to a fern right which now. which i do so it makes them grow better but anyway um yeah. don't be discouraged calming the chaos um we, you know, it goes up and down. Keep being consistent and have those, you know, when you do have somebody on there, make sure you talk to them and answer their question. But it does take time and it gets harder. It's harder than it used to be with all the algorithms. But uh, I would be consistent. What would you say, Colin, um, when somebody started with that? I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, I think it's a bit about context as well, as in um, very few. I wonder how many very few is. Like, even if, if I went along and did a talk back when I was starting my content and some 10 people turned up in a, a real room, you'd have 10 actual real people in front of me. That would right. actually be really cool. But somehow online, 10 doesn't seem like very much. And we have so many podcasters come along and say, I've only got 100 or 200 people listening. But again, like, that's a lot of people. Imagine that many people sitting in front of you, mm-hmm. listening to you every single week so i think there's always a bit about context as well but i I totally think you're right like it's it's consistency it's about involving those people in the show so that they have a really good a really good time and motivation to turn up to the next one so you're building that loyalty every single time so yeah yeah something around that yeah and uh, we will um for chris stone brought up he says talking to plants next on social media's live we will do that (laughs) show especially for you chris Uh, we may only have one viewer but it'll be you I will say calming the chaos that one, I, you always do it for the people, the replay audience. So you do it for the audience that's there. Mm. So you do capture a lot of people that watch the replay because not everyone can tune in at this time. Something's going on, but they catch the replay at your Facebook or LinkedIn shows it up later. So that's another, um, audience that you'd be tapping into. And also, I love inviting guests, obviously. Jeff and I have done a show together before. It was lots of fun, but we always have a guest because regardless, you have your guests to talk to. Mm-hmm. And comment, mm-hmm. she goes, I would love 10. I get two to four. At those two to four, those can grow, but treat those two to four like family and it, and it makes a huge difference. And so uh, that's great that you have that. Because I would do the same time every week so they know what time to show up because the algorithms don't always push it out anymore. But if they know, they'll come looking for you. So uh, congratulations to those two to four. That's a start. A lot of people don't even have that. So continue doing what you're doing. So Jeff all right. is over here still talking to plants. Yeah, you know? I talk to plants or to myself. You know, it doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever will listen. So. <laughs> okay, back to our guest. So at Podcast Movement, Colin, you and I talked quite a bit about planning our show in seasons and that concept of, of doing uh, a set season and then the next one, the next one, and keeping this is a way of keeping content fresh. Do you think this is also something that helps make content compelling and keeps listeners loyal by doing these seasons? I think actually that's the biggest thing about it. I think I think I, I often teach people seasons in the first place because it sort of makes planning so much easier. But the biggest benefit's actually for the listener. There's it's the fact that it's so much more organized and each episode leads into the next. Like talking to Cam in the Chaos is problem there. Like um if you want to try and build 
like more listeners, more loyal people, you want to try and make them turn up every single week because that's the only way it grows. I remember running a live event years ago where we used to get five or 10 people every week, but it was always different five or 10 people. So it never grew. Mm -hmm. And we kind of realized that we weren't building enough loyalty around it. And I think that's what seasons helps with so much because you plan out a season of say 12 episodes every episode builds on the previous one. So every time the person turns up for the next episode, they've learned a bit in the previous one and the next one builds on that. It's advancing the topic. It's something that's pushing them forward, giving them progress. And there's a huge amount of uh, a huge amount of power in that for building habit and loyalty to listen to you every single week. Because the, you know, the average podcast structure is that you talk about something different every single week. You've got a brand new topic every single week, and it can be a different level, like a, a beginner subject one week and a, an advanced subject the next week. It's like, can you, can you imagine if you turned up at college to learn uh, physics? And then, you know, the first lesson was uh, adding up one and two. And then the next lesson was advanced quantum mechanics. And then the next lesson was, you know, like um, two times table. And then it was, uh, I don't know, string theory, but it wouldn't make any sense. It's just not how, you know, you breed success in people who want to get better or advance. So seasons help you by putting it all in the right structure. People follow along, they, they progress and advance every single episode. And there's a huge power as well in the fact that it's all organized. Like when people find you a hundred episodes in, they look back at your season, your series, your seasons, mm -hmm. um, and they can actually navigate them so much more easily. They can pick out, you know, season three, you covered um, X topic and they think, oh, that really suits me right now. I'll start at the start of that, listen to those. And it really helps people start to navigate through what you've done already, get into your content and really get to know you in, a, in an easy way. That is some great advice. In fact, so I wouldn't ask you guys in the audience what we kind of do it subconsciously. Like we've done a lot of podcasting before, like we had Janet Murray and she kind of touched on her podcast last week. And I know Colin and I have spoken at her event before, which is awesome. And we, mm -hmm. I think we met it the first time, but um, yeah. Would you like us to do seasons? Like, would you like us to do, okay, we're going to do a month of podcasting. Okay, next we're going to do a month of TikTok. <laughs> next we're going to do a month of content creation. Would that be something you guys would want us to do or not? Because we, you know, a lot of times we, we kind of hit on what the news is, what kind of things are breaking, and then we talk about that. But would seasons be something that you guys would like? Let us know down below in the comments, wherever you're, you're watching. Or do you like the craziness that is our live show, which is kind of <laughs> random sometimes? <laughs> Um, so Colin, I want to know, uh, and we kind of asked this a little bit earlier of the audience, but I want to know what you think, like what makes someone listen to a podcast in all your years of experience, what makes a, po a podcast like binge worthy and irresistible? I mean, not to bang on about it, but I think seasons are a big part of it. So I won't, I won't go into it anymore, but I think that does make it binge worthy because they find this like seven, eight episode series, which like you listen to one and you just have to go through them all because they're covering mm -hmm. that whole topic. The other way that they make it, I think the other way you can make a podcast irresistible is actually just be by being so much more specific about what you help with. I think that's what a lot of podcasts fall down on like you're looking through the we get this pitch all the time like somebody gets in touch and says right i'm thinking about starting this podcast it's going to be life advice learning from a varied realm of humanity and bringing life advice to to improve the way that you live and your wealth health and happiness what do you think and i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> 
seamless. Like, I don't know who this is for. No one's going to listen because it's so general. Um, the thing that makes a podcast irresistible to me to listen to is if I read it and I think, oh, that's me. That's the exact problem I have. And this person has just described me exactly the problem that I'm having. And they've told me they've got a solution. This is what they're going to teach. This is what they're going to cover. That's what makes me listen irresistibly to a podcast. I think. I mean, what what do you think? Does that does that ring true? So for Absolutely. me, yeah. So <laughs> one of my favorite podcasts is uh, Business Wars by Wondery, and oh, yeah. they kind of so do good. the same thing that you're talking about. They're in seasons, like they're going to be talking about you know uh, Netflix versus HBO, and they're going to do X amount of it's usually six to eight episodes about that, um, and it's storytelling podcasts, and they have that in there. And so I find that irresistible. So like I binge whenever I'm. That's why I love road trips is because I love to binge those stories and learn something from there. So I, I think that, you know, one, it's seasonal because you can skip around. Like if you don't want to know about like, um, you know, you know, um, what is it? Lululemon, how they started. Like, I, you know, I don't care about that, but you know, but I mean, I, mean, I, I did, I listened to it just to, to say, but, um, but you know, sometimes those things, you know, you could skip over, but I think it's a great point about, those binge worthy things. Or if I want to learn something like uh, the deal casters, Chris Stone and Jim Fuse, yep. I am all about learning about how to do Amazon influencing, you know, right now. And uh, I listen and watch their show because they talk about that and they give great advice mm -hmm. on that. So um, that it's very specific because it's something I want to learn. You know, Eric Fisher, our friend um, does beyond the to-do list, which is all about productivity. If I'm like at the beginning of the year, man, I, I binge all his podcasts and listen to Todd Henry and John Acuff <laughs> and all those people over there. So I'm, I'm all, I think you're, you're right on point and thinking of ways that we can implement that in our own podcast, I think is key. So sorry, I got on my soapbox. What do you think, Grace? I, well, I was going to ask Colin what his favorite podcasts are right now, but that might, that might limit. So we can give him a moment to think about it. So right now my favorites are like, you know, just, I, I'm trying to slim down my news diet. And so like, I just listen to like NPR's like today, uh, you know, just what you need to know today, like just one news story, they focus on that. And then the other one that I've been really into is this, it's this group that takes apart, and I, I I need, I don't remember the name of it, but they take movies and they're, they're all like therapists and psychologists and they break down all the like oh. mental disorders in the, the, that oh, are Christ. displayed in this movie. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, I need, I'm going to get my phone and figure out what the name of this was because like that, yeah, it, it's pretty funny. So there you go. Yeah. There's a, there's a snapshot into my life. <laughs> So Jeff is over there wearing Lululemon talking to plants and I'm like, that's why I, you, you don't see characters. the, you don't see the full shot here. You know, so, so. Colin, what, what, like what podcasts are you into these days? Like, I, I had to do, I got my phone up there just to look at what my last playlist was. And, uh, I, I actually, I just discovered a couple of months ago, a show, a UK show called the rest is politics. I'm a bit of a, a political um, ignoramus. Like I, I d I've never really followed that stuff in my younger years, but I feel like I want to know more about it now. And this show is really good. It's it's just like I said, as in they describe it as, you know, they cover um, not everything, not all of the news, but they pick out two or three stories and they go in depth and explain them from the bottom up. So that's the problem they're solving. That's me. Like they explain it for people that don't really know the background. Um, so that totally resonated with me. So that's an example. And I feel as I love uh, business wars, like you say, Jeff. Mm -hmm. And Acquired actually is a really nice one. Acquired is a very similar one, but it takes one business and breaks it down over two or three hours. Um, <clears throat> and similarly, that solves a problem for me in that I saw it and I wanted to learn more about how 
businesses work, like the strategy behind them, that kind of stuff. Like how did Amazon get to where it is now? And they do that. They break it right down from a kind of strategical point of view. So that really helped me in many ways. So yeah, that's, that's just a few there. And I th- it's interesting. I think it also that we listen to podcasts based on our mood. Like I listen to when I go out my walk every day is because um, uh, you know, he has a huge backlog of episodes is uh, uh, Walt Disney World Radio by Lou Mangiello, just because I like Disney stuff and it makes me happy listening to it. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I know him and he's a friend. And so I like to listen to that. And that's uh, something it just I, I do every day on my walk. So I think there's we have different moods. Like, what are do we want to relax? Let's listen to this podcast. Do we want to learn something? We'll listen to this podcast. It's kind of like tv watching anymore it's like what are you want to do what do you want to binge so very very interesting yeah. all right so we've got our favorite podcast we are just going crazy on the show but go go ahead grace are, the next question yes yeah. so calming the chaos says that, that, that she likes the chaos i really like colin's advice maybe more themes and regular regularity being more specific and then life of brian has this comment too he says i think there's a danger in seasons that if that season doesn't interest the person they could fall out of habit of watching or listening and using playlists to create groups of categories might work better. So I think that would on that. Yeah. I'd love to know what Colin thinks because I think like on playlists, when you're talking about that would be like a YouTube thing, but seasons is more for podcasts. What are your thoughts, Colin? Um, yeah, I think it's a really good question. Yeah, so thanks for popping that in. It's it's um, a concern for sure. But I think if you do your research right, um, you're designing your seasons around the stuff that your audience are asking for. That's what it's all about. Like I, I often use my season break. So when I finish a season, I'll say, right, that's us done for this season. I hope you've enjoyed it. We're going to come back in six weeks. Um, now get in touch during the season break. Again, being specific, right. get in touch during the season break and tell me what are you struggling with around this topic um now give me your main questions what are your big questions that you want us to cover on the next season uh and then that helps power it and make sure you're covering the right stuff and you're right you might find people in your audience that are less interested in particular topics but if your podcast is focused enough specific enough it's it's found the right audience I think you'd find it hard to find, you know, a topic that somebody completely doesn't resonate with. Um, and if you are concerned with that, obviously you can keep your seasons relatively short, like just four to six weeks, maybe. Uh, and that might alleviate any of those kind of problems. Awesome. Great advice. Thanks for those questions and, and comments, everybody. Um, keep them coming. We love, yeah. this is, this is like, this is a show for our audience as much as it is for right. me and Jeff getting right. free consulting right. on our own podcast. So, so yeah, speaking go ahead with the next which, question. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Speaking of which, let's discuss what happens after the show. So you've booked the hmm. time, you've got the stellar guest, you've done the show, hang up the headphones, but there's still notes, transcripts, and the repurposing left to be had. You touched a little bit about this earlier. So I know in project, product and engineering teams, there's a way of measuring impact over effort over impact, right? So in order to prioritize tasks. And it can take a significant amount of time and energy. I mean, it can to, maybe it doesn't have to, to edit and publish beautiful show notes. But what is the impact in terms of growing your audience or attracting sponsors? In other words, is there a benefit to having beautiful written recaps and show notes of your podcast? Or is it just like publish, done, repurpose, move on to the next one? What, what, yeah. how can we, how can we justify this time? Because it is, it does take a lot of time to go through. It does. You're absolutely right. But I do think it's so valuable. I think it's hugely valuable for a couple of reasons. Like it's for, it's for your existing listeners because 
people love to have someone to review. They love to have someone to go and look at. Like so many people listening to your show are in the car, walking the dog, going for a run. Um, so you mentioned all this stuff, all this learning. They want to go and put it into action. So they need to be able to get back to the computer and see a summary and skim through it and not have to listen to the whole thing again. So I think it's really important for building that engagement and success with your listeners. But equally, it's for discovery. It's even more for discovery. Like we all love podcasting, but the one thing it's not brilliant at is being found, you know, like getting out there. But Google, Google is the best for that. Like that is what it does. People type, every time somebody's got a question, you type it straight into Google. That's where, you're, that's right. where you go. They're rarely going to find a podcast episode by typing in that question, but they'll very commonly find a blog post. So if you can turn your podcast episodes into decent show notes, which actually really resemble a blog post with an audio player in, mm -hmm. people find that blog post, they skim through it and go, oh, this is good stuff. They see this player here and go, oh, there's audio, right, play, let's listen. And then that hopefully hooks them in. And that way you're not even just fighting for existing podcast listeners, you know, their space and their player, but you're finding people that maybe don't even listen to podcasts and converting them into podcast listeners. So I, that's just a few of the reasons I think it's really important to do the written side of it. That's awesome. Yeah. The, the discoverability, and we're going to talk about that later. So I want to burn through this next one so we have time because that's like stuff that's really <laughs> exciting to me. Uh, but we use Descript for our transcriptions and repurposing, you know, and with some extra editing, you know, we have show notes ready to publish. So what tools do you use, Colin, to you know, like help streamline the process of, you know, creating shows, notes and transcripts and all that stuff? I, do you know what? I don't really use that much. I actually, so I do it in combination. The way I save time with it is I do it in combination with planning the podcast episode. Because when I plan out a podcast episode for Podcraft, for example, we'll create a bullet note, a bullet point plan. Um, I'll then record it with Matthew and then I'll go and write it straight away. And do you know how much quicker it is to write like four or 500 words after you've spoken through the topic. It's so much quicker because you've kind of formulated it in your brain. You've organized it. You've talked it all through and you can kind of splurge it out, into, out onto the page so much easier than just writing a blog post from scratch. So that's how we tend to do it. We do we do, do transcripts sometimes uh, for our shows. In fact, no, we're, we're always doing them now, actually. We changed that recently mm. um, for accessibility reasons, actually. So yeah, we use Rev for that. Um, and, but yeah, it's really, that is quite simple. Actually, most of it's quite manual. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, uh, so hey, Sabrina says, hi, it's Sabrina. Sabrina is always one of our faithful listeners and watchers. Um, but one of the things you talked about the ease of doing it and now it's easier now with like places like Rev, like with Descript. And we actually had those uh, folks on our show from Podcast Movement. So go back a couple of episodes and listen to that if you weren't able to do that because they had some good insights. There's some cool stuff coming out with Descript. Um, but another great tool is our friends, of course, over at Ecamm at socialmediaslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They actually, when we do this show and it records right to a folder while after I'm done and the tracks are split up for a podcast so it's already split up and with Colin's voice on one track and Grace's on another and unfortunately mine on another one but we all can blend it up it makes it really easy for editing and repurposing which is what Colin was talking about so if you haven't checked them out socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecam and don't forget their leap into podcasting you can find out a bit more about that at leapintopodcasting.com talking about video podcasts we are going to be talking there all three of us are going to be doing sessions there on uh, leap into podcasting so make sure you guys sign up at the end of this month it's free but you need to sign up go to leapintopodcasting.com all right so 
Um, one of the questions I want to ask our fellow uh, watchers that are watching live, and if you're watching on the replay, make sure to answer that below as well. But how did you find this show, Social Media News Live? I'd love to know, did you follow us over from our previous show? Did you find us just randomly on Facebook or YouTube? Did a friend tell you? I want to know how you guys found this show because I think it's really, really interesting because what we're going to be talking about next is super important to me, and I'm always interested in this topic, is podcasting SEO. What does it mean? How does it work? All this stuff. Uh, a lot of people at Podcast Movement Collins said, you know, all you need is great content. That's all you need. And people will find your podcast. That's the first thing you need. Um, what else can we do? Let's say we think we have a great show, <laughs> but we're still struggling with discovery. And we talked about that earlier. Yeah. Podcast is kind of hard to do that. What are some things yeah. that we can do to practically improve our SEO for our podcast? I mean, I think it's, as it, it's down to just general web SEO, actually. Like, is it worth just going to tell a wee bit of the stuff around, you know, figuring out what keywords people are searching for in your area? Is that is that relevant to this, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I think transcripts, like you said, are huge. And I think that with yeah. the tools now, you have to almost do them because. Yeah, cool. yeah, for sure. I mean, the way I start with it is that I I use all the traditional tools. Like, we, So we built the blog first before our podcast. Well, I was, I was podcasting back in the day, but it was our blog that caught the traction first because we started writing about podcasting. Um, and that was really all about using the SEO tools to figure out what people are searching for in our topic. And I think that's a really underused way of figuring out what you should be covering on your podcast. And it leads into your podcast being naturally SEO'd. So it's things like, you know, Google Keyword Tool. Like if you have a podcast about, well, go back to cars. So you've got a podcast about motoring, cars, that kind of stuff. Um, you type in uh, cars or you type right. in some of the sort of basic phrases that you know people cover in your area. And it will give you a whole stream of phrases that are related to that. It will break them down really specifically. Like it'll be, what is the best car under $10,000 or what is the fastest car? What is the biggest engine in the world? Or, you know, all these, all these questions related to it. Um, Google Keyword Tool is good for that. It tells you the volume. It shows you how many people are searching. So it shows you the most popular ones. And then you've got uh, Answer the Public is a great mm. site. Have either of you come across that? Yeah, it's fun. I, I always yeah. forget about it, but I've, I've, I've been in playing with it before, yeah. Yeah. yeah, such a good tool for figuring out what to cover on your podcast. You type in your topic. So if I type in podcasting, it has all these what questions about podcasting, like what mic should I use? What podcast hosting platform should I, should I use? Has all the how questions, the why questions, the where. Um, it's just a wealth of stuff that you should cover. And the most important thing is that all of these come from searches that people pop into Google or YouTube or any search engine. And therefore, you know that these are well SEO'd. And the next stage, obviously, is to talk through all that topic, answer that topic well, and then have that title so clearly, um, that, that phrase so clearly in the title, because that's what people are searching for. Nobody wants to find a podcast which says, like it's um, the podcast about cars, and then the first episode is, uh, Brian Johnson, uh, and that's it. And then it's uh, <laughs> right. Jane Jane Jones, and then it's like it's just names. There's so many right. shows like that. They just have a list of names. Nobody mm -hmm. cares about the names unless it's somebody super famous. Right. They care about the topic. Okay, they care about the question. So that's the main thing. Get the question in there, the problem that you're solving, and put it in the description as well. And and that's a big part of it, I think. For certainly for the search engines, the the 
audio search engines like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Mm. So uh, I want to bring up this question once again. Comment in chaos. Mm-hmm. You've got some great questions and comments. Thank you for doing that today. And she goes, I followed Colin on YouTube is how she found this show. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things I think with podcasting and live video that a lot of people don't think about. When you start interviewing people, you almost share, you start stealing, or I'll say sharing, that sounds better, their audience. Like yeah. Colin uh, probably pushed this to his channel. And so we're going out there live. And so we are being in front of people that we never have been before and they can either hopefully they like us they want to subscribe to our show the same way with doing interviews with podcasts i know a lot of podcasters a way that they grow their podcast is by being on other podcasts so can you speak a little bit about that colin about like you know sharing audiences in that way yeah i think i i feel like the days of the you know the interview tour are less effective these mm-hmm. days like if you if you just turn up on um on podcasts as a guest I, I don't know. It's it's it seems to be less effective these days. But something that yeah. I think is very effective is actually more of the co-hosted approach. So if you actually go on and you find guests that have really similar audiences, you find uh, not guests, sorry, you find other hosts who have really similar audiences, and you just set up a co-hosted episode with them and do an episode swap. So you record an episode together. You have an actual conversation rather than an interview. So it's much more engaging, much more chemistry, much more back and forth. Um, And then you post it on both feeds and maybe even do it more than once, do it two, three, four times. You do a little series, a season, go back to that. Um, I find that much more effective these days, actually, because it's, it just feels more authentic. It feels like you're passing a bit more trust doing it that way rather than just popping in as a guest just once in a while. So I, I like that technique a lot. Yeah. And I, I know some big shows and I'll even, I'll mention uh, business wars again, they'll have like episodes from their network come into their show. Mm-hmm. That's kind of in the same mm-hmm. business things. Like you'll see in your feed also like, they, Hey, we're doing this new show about, you know, this uh, mystery or this murder that happened. And, you know, do you want, you know, it gives you a chance to jump over to another thing in their network, which I think is, kind of similar to what you're talking about where you can have somebody who's similar and bring in on different feeds. So, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Actually, I had a friend uh, get in touch with me recently and say, when did podcasts become just places to advertise other podcasts? (laughs) (laughs) I think there has been a bit of a switch there, hasn't there? Like it used to always be mattress adverts and things like that. And nowadays it's always podcast adverts, which is cool. I think because it's more relevant, isn't it? Like you want to find other podcasts to listen to. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Especially when you're off your season, you want some off season podcasts. Right. Right. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Okay. So as of July, 2022, and I think this will remain the same for August, if I'm not mistaken, but Apple still holds the number one spot uh, with 30, almost 38% of all podcast listeners, which accounted for 44.5 million podcast downloads. Spotify holds the number two position at about 27% of podcast listeners, and that was at 32 million downloads. And then other podcasting platforms, each one individually was less than 2% of all the ones. But altogether, we're talking about 62% of podcast listeners are not on Apple Podcasts, right? So, but the, the Apple's still the top one. But knowing this, is Apple still where we need to concentrate our efforts as far as, you know, when you're asking for those ratings and reviews and, and where we're sending people? And what about Spotify and these other directories? So help us figure that yeah. out too, because I know that that's, that's a conundrum. 
<laughs> yeah, I think it's a. F- I think Apple is a funny one because it's still like the kind of even though it's been shrinking in terms of market share, Spotify mm-hmm. is absolutely catching up with it. In some numbers, mm-hmm. it's overtaken it by a fair bit, hasn't it? Depends where you mm-hmm. look, really. But it still has that authority as a place where you can often check, you know, um, so for social proof, I suppose, around a show. It's where I feel the best reviews are, the most effective reviews are, possibly because people are still, still sending people there most often. But I still find it has, it's worth concentrating a bit of your effort, at least there. Um, but, I mean, it's certainly, uh, it depends a bit on the topic as well. I know Spotify does better with certain areas, certain categories. Um so I think you could do those two and you don't need to worry about the others, do you? Like Google Podcasts kind of takes care of itself. Amazon Podcasts was kind of starting to grow, but doesn't doing so well. So as long as you're in Apple Podcasts, then you get picked up by all the players. Mm-hmm. You're in Pocket Cast, you're in mm-hmm. Overcast, all that kind of stuff. Then the rest kind of takes care of itself. And then you're maybe going into those specific tactics like you were talking about Amazon um, Alexa earlier on and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think it'll be a long time before Apple is something that we don't have to do a lot of work on. Apple Podcasts, I mean, um, and make sure we're definitely looking good there in terms of reviews and ratings. So I want to ask the question because I went into Libsyn session um, it was, uh, and I think he's done the same one a couple of years, but he was pretty much saying ratings and reviews don't matter. Um, and so yeah. what oh. can, <laughs> what can we do? Yeah. What can we do, um, to improve our ranking in Apple podcasts and Spotify, you know, um, cause mm. it seems like, you know, the big top spots are, are these big deal podcasters. It's been a land rush. I noticed that podcast movement, there's a lot of big networks i mean i was in the elevator with like fox broadcasting and you know they're they're buying all these podcasts and they're it's this huge industry now um how do we as independent podcasters you know increase our ratings and and rankings on these big places like spotify and apple podcasts yeah it's a good question and i think i think ratings so there's a lot of reason behind what um rob says around ratings and reviews like it's people overplay it they they say Mm -hmm. it matters more than it does and it's not as important as a lot of people think but the thing the reason i think it is important is because it's that it's that social proof that was talking about a second ago people are more likely to subscribe if they see you know 20 30 40 reviews so it's still worth getting them but I think actually us independent podcasters, I think you're absolutely right. It's hard to compete in the Apple charts, for example, because it's such a small space. Mm-hmm. Like the, the only show, the top 10, 20 max, can't even right. say it's probably not even that many. I think that's why we're, we should be concentrating elsewhere. We should be concentrating on um, the text side of things for a start. So the show notes make a big difference, being able to be found on Google because it's a really specific, that's where people are asking their questions. So if you're answering very specific topics, again, get those text resources on there so people find you that way. But then again, it's other places like communities, actually, like Mm. being where your listeners are hanging out, like find out where your listeners hang out and get involved there. The the advantage we have as podcasters is that one podcast listener is worth a hundred blog readers. It's worth a hundred video watchers, you know, in terms of the interaction, the engagement, the trust that podcasting builds. 
So we can do things that are less scalable. Like it wouldn't be worth me going to a networking event of 10 people and try to recruit some blog readers because right. like barely any of them will do anything. They'll, they'll right. maybe go and have a quick skim and they won't really do anything. But if I can recruit like a couple of podcast listeners, because of the trust that you build in a podcast, because of how much people get to know you and, and trust you and become loyal listeners and then promote you for them and, and take part in your products and do the things you ask them to do, it's worthwhile, like doing those smaller, less scalable things, I think. So I think people should worry less about the, um, you know, the new noteworthy and the mm-hmm. Apple charts and think about getting out there where their potential listeners live. Um, not live, don't go to their houses, but where <laughs> they hang out uh, and find them and really engage with them that way. And the, the, the extra bonus there as well is that you find out what they're asking for. You ask them questions and you get so much powerful content ideas that way too. Mm. It's great advice. So I'm going to have to, um, we're probably going to not go to the next section and have Colin back sometime where he can talk just on podcast monetization because we are running short on time. But I do want to ask you, because it kind of has to, to do with it a little bit, Colin, is, you know, what is considered success in podcasting? Is it downloads? Is it sponsorships? Is it, you know, making, you know, money with your podcast? So, um, you know, why does these metrics matter? So what would you say when somebody's like, what do I... If a company comes to you like, I'm thinking about starting a podcast, Colin, um, but I don't know how to you know, track if it's going to be worth my time or effort and yeah. all that kind of stuff. What do you tell them? Yeah, I, I think I, this, hopefully this doesn't sound like a cop-out answer, but I think that is so personal to the person that's getting involved. Like a company, it might be directly, we success for us is we're going to sell 10 products mm-hmm. um, in the next month. But we have so many people that we work with where it's um, success is actually... I'm going to get to talk to these 10 people in my industry because I have an excuse to ask them for my po- because of my podcast. Or I'm going to connect with 20 new people that have the same uh, mental health issue as I have and help them in some way. Like that can be success for the person as well. Uh, there's so many different ways that, you know, people can find success in podcast. It's such a cool thing about podcasting that you can reach people, you can connect with people, you can change people's lives through the words that you put out there into the world. So success could be monetary, but it can be entirely different. It can just be something that you find that moves you and changes somebody else. Mm, that is that is great. So Colin, I want to ask one question is the last uh, one, hopefully, but I know I'll let Grace ask one because I hog the time. <laughs> but what when you first start out podcasting, what are some reasonable goals that we should set for ourselves? Like we started this podcast, we committed, we're going to do it, you know, and yeah. what goal should we set? Like, to, to Yeah, do? great question. I think, I mean, I, I often the goal that I tell people that come to us first, first couple of months, the goal is just literally do it once a week for eight weeks. And that is it. Get eight episodes out there into the world. Do two months worth of podcasting. That is a goal. Um, the goal, another goal might be actually just do it as if you're going live. Like I love that as a goal for it. So do your eight weeks, but actually don't do any editing. Like literally just put it raw out there into the world. Because do you know what? If you commit to that, um, you improve your speaking style fast because you know that you can't use editing as a crutch. Uh, yeah. So you listen to the first episode and you're like, there's so many uhs and ahs and ums. <laughs> and you, you, you hear all these crutch words that you say that you never noticed you say before. Like basically, I always say, so basically you do this and then basically you do that. <laughs> like, oh, it's driving me crazy. Um, but you hear them and you stop yeah. doing them because you're not allowed to edit them out. There's that 
can be a goal in itself, like just improving your speaking style, which can help professionally. Like if you're in meetings or doing real presentations in front of hundreds of people, or it can be just personally, like just literally speaking to people in a, at a party or in a, in a group or something. Podcasting can be for that as well. So that's the generally the goals I set. Like rarely do we set um, numerical goals around, you know, listenership because you can I honestly don't think you can put any kind of reasonable goals around listenership unless you've launched 20 shows in the past and you're a, a kind of factory of a production company. So it's got to be around something related, like improving your skills, meeting these certain people, or that kind of stuff. So does that help? Yes, that's great. In, in fact, um, it helps so much. We have a comment from Common the Chaos says, I will take the live stream challenge. So she does the, the live challenge. Yes. So, uh, and make sure you guys, if you're not following Colin, that you guys go do that. Uh, we are at the end of our time. Grace, did you have yes. one question before? Uh, did, I want to know where people can find Colin because he's got his YouTube channel. He's got his, he's got all the places. So Colin, tell us where <laughs> everyone can come find you and yeah. sign up for, and find out more about Alitu. And uh, am I saying that correctly? How do you, you say yeah. it so beautifully yeah. in the demo. I, I say Alitu, um, but everyone okay, in the yeah. U.S. says Alitu, which I like as well. Like, it's, so I'm, I'm happy with either. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I mean, you can, um, yeah, if anybody wants to give Alitu a try, they can see a demo of it over at alitu.com. It's spelled A-L-I-T-U.com. Um, and all of our podcasting guides are at that link right there, thepodcasthost.com. Um, and yeah, you, you mentioned YouTube, actually. I'm trying to grow the YouTube channel. I really enjoy making video as well as the podcast. So yeah, if you want to nip over there, it's over at, um, I think it's under, forward, I should have a short link for this, shouldn't I? It's forward slash Colin MC Gray, I believe, on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Colin MC Gray. Do you have you a link? You probably to search it? the well, podcast. I found it, it. I found it on YouTube by looking up Colin Gray and then podcast host. Yeah, and it, was, pop it popped right up. So, Is, Do you have links to your socials on your thepodcasthost.com where they could jump over from there? Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, if they go to thepodcasthost.com, it's all in the footer, all the socials. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes, go check that out. So thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you for Grace Duffy, who puts together such a great show. She's amazing. That's one thing, you know, we have played around with letting you guys have super secret access to her show notes. Um, all of our guests always rave about how Grace puts them together. So if you would like, we're trying to figure out how to do that, but, you know, if you would like access to Grace's notes, let us know uh, in the comments, because I think, they're valuable to me and to our guests. So we may figure out a way to, to get those to you. We maybe, just maybe we should publish the notes after the show when it looks like, yeah. you know, it looks like, a, yeah. <laughs> it looks, it looks like a, 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 a stalker notes yes. or whatever between you and I. Just yeah. Like, We're always talking in there. Yes. Stop it. Give Leave this her... grace. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Stop typing, Grace. Oh, Gary came up with a great thing. He says, Grace Notes. That's a great name. Oh, Gary. That is great. So, and he says, I will have to watch this recording again for this episode. Yes, I will too, That's Gary, because it's it's a, a lot of great stuff in there. Thank you guys so much for watching, for all your great, great questions, calming the chaos. Uh, thank you for um, your questions. Uh, Robert, we didn't get to your comment. I'm sorry, but uh, all of you guys who watch us every week, we are so appreciative of you. We would not be able to do the show without you or our sponsor at Ecamm. So, make Make sure you go check them out at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecam. And with that, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Social Media News Live.